0: When America throws his mighty
1: shield. The TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airway. You're different.
2: Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it.
3: Hi, hey everyone, welcome to the Marvel Podcast, across the airwaves podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and the Marvel Netflix shows. I'm Nikki Amy, your hostess for this afternoon, and joining me today are some fellas that are all fired up to talk about this week's Marvel's Agents of Shield. Introduce yourself, guys.
4: Hello, I'm James and I like to eat cookies. Om, nom 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 nom. <laughs> mm.
2: Oh, oh, I'm Wes Kim. I'm ready to comply. I'm sorry, some guy that I've never never seen before just started saying these real random words in Russian, and I just, everything just went all black after that. What happened? And why is my arm, and why is my arm stuck in a, sew, a, a sewing machine? And I'm Steve, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Are we at Baskin Robbins because they always find out? <laughs> uh, that's true. So. What are
3: we doing today, James, on the Marvelverse podcast?
4: Well, we are discussing this week's episode 2 of Season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. titled Meet the New Boss, in which Daisy goes to meet Battle Ghost Rider at a terrible cost, and Coulson faces the new director, and his bold agenda surprises the team.
3: That's right. So, before we get started, in Marvel news, we have a little bit. So a, little bit. Might, a little bit? Just a few a things little. that we want to talk about. Uh. So, Netflix's Luke Cage starts on Friday. Yes, it <laughs> does. So, everybody who's planning a binge watch, head to your local Walgreens, pick up all your uh, goodies and sodas and chips. Why, remember?
2: Wal- Why Walgreens? Apparently, are they promoting us? <laughs> because, I work, because I work there. Yeah. Um, so, and I have stock options. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, it starts on Monday. If you're planning on binge, my advice would be get up and move around a bit. Because the last time I did a binge for Netflix, I actually couldn't move after six hours of the couch. Yeah. It
1: uh, <laughs> and
3: it's official—we have Doctor Strange signed for Infinity War. Yes, so Benedict, Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch will be appearing in Marvel's Infinity, Avengers: Infinity War, Wait, which will o- confirmed. Yeah, which will only be one film, as we learned this summer. Not to, but we're getting an unti- yet untitled Avengers film in the place of the second Infinity War. Uh, in other news, Stan Lee, the great creator of all, uh, the uh, Holy Ghost to George Lucas's God. Uh, Stan Lee has pre-filmed four cameos for upf- upcoming uh, Mar- Marvel films. They didn't say which cameos they were or for which films they were. So, but are those look, all
2: MCU films, though? They're all they're all MCU films. Okay, yeah. okay.
3: So we know that Stan is getting up there. We don't want to anticipate a a time without him, but I guess they're trying to get all of these out of the way while he's still uh, spry and able. You seem you have to remember
2: one line, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not joking about that. Like when you're like ninety something years old, like it's hard to remember anything. That's why Paul Newman took that role in Cars because he couldn't memorize lines. But for that, he didn't have
3: to. That's true. And this interview was just released late last night. Samuel L. Jackson was interviewed for his role in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which looks amazing. And he was asked Will S.H.I.E.L.D. ever return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And he thinks they will. Yeehaw. Where's my
2: super suit? (laughs) Where's my eye patch?
3: He absolutely believes that there is a role for S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that he thinks that they should return. And he says that Nick Fury is probably chilling with jewels somewhere. If you don't know that reference, go watch Pulp Fiction. Where's the wolf? Uh, And he said that he left the S.H.I.E.L.D. crew alone and he's, somebody's got to clean up the mess they made.
2: Well, this actually goes into the episode we're talking about because they're actually trying to re-legitimize re-legitim- legit- S.H.I.E.L.D.
4: That's an easy thing right. to say. Exactly. exactly. Funny thing, Clark um, quoted someone's tweet last night and said, um, that said, I miss Nick Fury and Clark said, me too. <laughs> yeah.
3: We all we all miss Nick Fury. Uh he was the second greatest director Shield ever had. In his
2: voice to men outfit that we saw him in like the end of season one? He yeah. <laughs> looked like the sixth member of Boys to Men. I was like thinking I was gonna go, It's so hard to say goodbye to Shield and Eye Patch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think he'll ever say goodbye. So that was that's the Marvel news for this week. So hopefully everybody will uh, tune in to, to Luke Cage, and we will record an episode of the Marvelverse podcast devoted entirely to Luke Cage in just a few weeks after we've all watched it.
4: Yeah, yeah. and it's time for spoilers to get out, and people actually watch it. So yeah,
2: yeah, I'm, and for I, me to have a day off, I might I might do just like a a solo Marvelverse podcast to do a non spoiler. Just because no, there is no Marvel, there is no Agents of Shield next week. It's it, may, it, may, it will only be like twenty minutes. Yeah.
3: Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, and so this this episode of Agents of Shield, Meet the New Boss, gives us a little foreshadowing as to what is going on now. Does is what did we expect of our new boss?
4: I was not expecting to trust him and i don't i don't trust him at all so I think my expectations <laughs> came true <laughs> so um, I wasn't expecting him to be a metahuman
2: yeah or, that was a show. or an inhuman
4: yeah.
3: either, either one we can we can we all watch all the shows we can all use the terminology but yeah I thought that I wasn't prepared to like him and I still don't.
4: I mean, Uh, he seems like a decent guy. It just his agenda doesn't line up with ours as viewers. I think. But I got a
2: very. Oh, but it certainly seems to line up with the accords of what the United Nations wants. That's true.
3: I didn't think about that, but yeah, I I got a very kind of nineteen fifties, guy vibe from him. Like he stepped out of almost like Agent Carter with his little catchphrases and his the way he talked. It was like. (laughs) I expected gosh Oh, golly Oh, gee to come out of him at some point. So you you expected Richie Cunningham
2: from Happy Days? Is that what you expected? No,
3: I expected somebody, you know, a little smarter. But uh, (laughs) it was almost like he walked out of Agent Carter.
4: Yeah, actually at some point I was expecting him, like, he gave that line, like, the only only reason that I'm here is because of who I am. And I was expecting him to be, like, a relative of Thompson or something.
2: Yeah, I thought he, or I thought he was going to be, like, they were going to reveal this later that he's a descendant of Alexander Pierce. Cause this actor, like he does look like a younger, a younger Robert Redford, doesn't
3: he? He's got the same kind of like jaw and uh, facial structure, but you know, Redford is a little more a blonde, blue eyed uh, heartthrob. Whereas Jason O'Mara is kind of like, he's a man's man kind of thing. You expect to see him in a Western
2: and he and he talks like a manager of an Office Depot. The first time he yes. talks to <laughs> Melinda May and Phil um, Coulson, it's like seriously. Like, are we, Am I watching Agents of Shield or am I watching Office Spades? Oh, jeez. No, I. You would actually I just,
4: like. I would. He his character wouldn't be out of place. I think if they did uh, go through with Damage Control and like finish that all the way up.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah if we ever see, if we ever see that show. But no, I, 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 we got what we expected with him. But I didn't expect him to be inhuman at the end, until he, like, you know, Thor style May up to that wall.
3: Well, before that, he revealed what he actually was. He it was like May was hitting either a brick wall or a metal drum, and I was like, yeah. oh my god! I kept I almost typed life model decoy, and then I almost typed robot, and. <laughs>
4: And you, you're you not, you're totally not expecting to be an Inhuman, like, that whole time, you're just kind of, like, immediately once that blow hit, I was like, wait, wait, okay, what, what did it, my brain was, like, scrambling through the list, and then, and then once he said he was Inhuman, I was like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> I, one, I just don't, I don't see, the like, United Nations, like, actually putting an Inhuman on the board of, on the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., but apparently they did.
3: Apparently the, it was the president, and now uh, we also found out that it was Coulson's idea to step down.
4: Right. I thought that, I thought that was pretty clear to. in the season finale, though, last year.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, to have it verified from the man himself, like from Colson himself, and why he stepped down.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that even makes what happens at the end of the episode even more tragic, because much like Daisy did with Lincoln and the Inhumans and all that, Like Coulson sowed the, 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 the odds of his own downfall and what may say i said earlier in the episode about fighting more maybe he should have maybe he should have
3: yeah i think that this decision might i mean it's true he he needs a public they need a public face for shield and it's true he really can't be that since the world thinks he's dead but couldn't there be a public face of shield and he still run
2: the joint well, we're running out of like squeaky clean, like faces of good organizations now. that Captain of, Captain Rogers. Well, I'm glad they mentioned in this episode has gone under and will most likely, like,
4: put on a weird onesie and become nomad. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually was like really happy that they mentioned Steve Rogers because that got me my double bingo for the episode. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, if you're not playing Agents of Shield bingo every week with us, you guys. You gotta t- pick it up. You get the bingo cards on across the airwaves every Tuesday, and mm-hmm. on our on our Twitter feed.
2: And I love and I love going back to that initial meeting with May and Coulson. That like it looks like Ugly Betty, just in Agents of Shield, with all the guys just running around. The director, I need this signed, and could you look at this? And da 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 da.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, the tour the tour was a bit hilarious and everybody already wants one of those posters if you if you report it if you suspect it report it. Yeah. And as uh, anybody else want one of those cuz
0: I do.
2: <laughs> I want one for my job cuz
3: <laughs>
2: I really um, I really want to walk around that set and I love that Agent Carter was the one that actually founded the the base that they're at. Yeah. Okay. Wow,
3: the one thing I noticed in this episode, and it really came to uh, like full blown like conspiracy theory for me, this uh, during the uh, tour guide uh, uh, part of the episode was was everybody just being patronizing to everybody else. It in really this felt like, it, yeah. I mean, it's like, Dad patronizing the kid because he saw a ghost. Yeah, okay, you saw a ghost, and then uh, Daisy patronizing Robbie, and then. Yeah director patronizing May. and Colton I'm like oh do not patronize the May. <laughs> and then Fitz patronizing you know Gemma patronizing Fitz and it was just like dude is everybody being passive aggressive today
4: I think it, I think that's just like how everybody's kind of feeling at this point though because like there's so much that could go wrong at this point and I think everybody realizes that and they're just all like really tense so I yeah
3: I remember when, when Gemma said something to Fitz I was like don't patronize yeah. the Fitz Well, yes, that's what it's supposed to do. It's like,
2: uh, uh, well, anytime, like, a big government action, like, comes into place, whether it be the Patriot Act, whether it be the Sokovia Accords, you're always going to feel this kind of tenseness around a new set of rules. and since we're not going to see any of the, you know, original Avengers till, I think, Spider-Man Homecoming at least, we need to keep that kind of awkwardness because the jury is still out on whether the defenders will face any trouble with the, the Sokovia courts. I'm thinking that, but we don't know yet.
3: Yeah, there's, there's so, so much we don't know. I just found it kind of amusing how everybody was just kind of being so condescending, especially the director seemed to be, I was like, you dare talk down to Melinda May? <laughs> Well, I thought he best, was going to get a boot to the face in that moment.
4: Best line from the episode was easily, um, move. And then Colson yeah. just, like, <laughs> he doesn't appear to be moving.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, what's, a different set of, my big... what's a different set of rules now? Like, that guy knew if Mae did something, she would get, like, penalized for something. She She's not afraid. He's not afraid of her, like, getting his no. uh, butt kicked. She...
3: She has immunity from from all butt kickings. Um, I did think it was very bold. I was just thinking, sitting there watching it, going, "Oh, you stupid, stupid man! Yeah. Stupid, stupid man!"
2: And I love the look on May's face because she's never actually been in a situation where she's done that, and the, you know, the person <laughs> just not back down. It's like, it's like when uh, when I say Avengers, Avengers, somebody else is supposed to say assemble. That's how it goes. <laughs> <It's simple. laughs> Except in the MCU films, apparently. Yeah, when, when May says move, you you frickin move. Move, uh, move or you will be moved. The, you need a Dormammu in there somewhere.
3: I do. You know the the new director Jeffrey uh, does does understand that uh, May is an enigma, and well, even Ming Na Wen was uh, tweeting last night, going, "Yeah, yeah, May's an enigma. Good luck with that." Kind of basically.
4: Well, Here's the thing, though, like, have we ever really seen someone that May has not been able to take down single-handedly up until this point? Nope.
2: Nope. I mean, I would would love a little backstory between May and Black Widow, and the fact that Widow was the first and only person to actually make May
4: tap. Right. But, I mean, it's just like, it's interesting that basically the director... Whatever his last name is, is, is almost unstoppable at this point. Like, he has all the basically, like, corporate power of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he has all the physical power, so if, like, there's really no way you can stop him unless you gang up on him, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like they did with I, May, and it took, like, eight people to take her down, and even that wasn't enough.
4: <laughs> Although, I yeah. will say this, I was really proud of, uh, a piper for being able to hold her own for about five seconds longer than everybody else. Yeah, she's
2: yeah. got a little crush on me.
4: Who, <laughs> yeah. Does who doesn't have a crush on May though? Exactly. Honestly,
2: you know, I'm, a red,
3: I'm a red-blooded also, straight girl, but I—God, she's Agent May.
4: Belinda is real.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah. No, we don't ship on this show.
4: Well, well, screw you guys. I do.
2: <laughs> but, but it's in Simmons. That's it. Wait, here's something that oh, I, I almost forgot. The the classified line at the end of the episode, it's so weird and kind of eerie for Coulson to hear that line coming out of somebody else's mouth because he, yeah. yeah that's like the first, that's one of the first lines he had in Iron Man 1 was, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, that's classified. Classified. He was and also,
4: yeah. the only person he probably ever would have heard that from otherwise is Nick Fury. And I think he would probably like respect it and, uh, um, like trusted Nick Fury a lot more than he does Je- Jeffrey. So or or Hill, Hill
2: probably would have said that to him and like oh. it's like okay. Uh, he was
3: he was always higher than Hill, so I, he would have been the one saying it to Hill. Really? Except are they, are yeah, they... he he was he was the, he was higher than Maria Hill. Except she knew about the only thing was that she knew more about was the Tahiti project.
2: I think, a, uh, I think that I think that there's this budding rivalry between Clark Gregg and Kobe Smolders. is like, who's more superior, her, her or Phil or Phil Coulson? Because they never actually spell that out. After he comes, before he got killed.
3: No, she right. was she was like, I think they were probably pretty equal, except yeah. she she got to wear the cool skin tight uniform and he didn't but well, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think... He looks too good in a suit. I'm sorry.
4: in a skin-tight suit
3: There are women out there who want to see that, and there's a fan art. And plus, he did it... Uh, Coulson was in one of those S.H.I.E.L.D. body suits on Amazing Spider-Man.
2: And we've seen how nimble Clark Rick can be in tight clothes. Lip sync battle anyone against Haley I will. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
3: so... We've met the new director, and now we're seeing lots and lots and lots of dead people. And we're getting kind of a backstory. It's like, it has, there's, Robbie is involved with this somehow. He believes that he's, like, a cause of it or part of it. And we have a ghost at the beginning of the episode who then goes and releases other ghosts at a lab.
2: Very Stranger Things, that opening, don't you think, guys? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like, wait, am I watching ABC or am I on Netflix right now? Because it really did look like Poltergeist meets Stranger Things, which is almost kind of the same thing. Kind
4: of. All right, yeah,
2: what is... Do we officially know that they are ghosts? That's exactly what
3: I was going to ask. Thank you, Steve, is are they ghosts? Are they... Uh... I'm going to well, go a little Star Wars here because it's well, is Agent it, like, a force image? Is it some kind of, like, what is going on? Able to interact
0: with able to interact with the positive world. So.
3: Exactly. They, they, she was able to use computers. She was able to become tangible, and they all were able to, like, touch things. So is that a ghost, or is it some kind of energy?
4: Well, Ryan Pentagos, Agent M, um, he tweeted uh, something weird and long about um during the show and i'm gonna try and find this tweet and read it because um if we know what that is we can do more research on it and come back to it but um it's the it basically all centers around the book and i i'm trying to find out what the book is actually called
2: this just in this just in those ghosts were the extras from the seminal film 2015 fan four stick because there was four, and they looked at the, and they looked like that because they had to be in production in that horrible, horrible crab, crab sandwich of a movie. Yeah,
3: <laughs> which um, we we didn't even do
4: a review of. So, yeah, one yeah. thing I one thing I am uh, I did uh, hear from someone I don't know who, but um, I uh, saw that like. Apparently, this uh, in this uh, company that they're at like has connections to Spider Woman. So there's uh, apparently theories going around that Spider Woman might show up at some point.
3: <gasps> oh, that would be so cool because she's sense. one of those she's one of those super heroines that doesn't get enough play. She's mm-hmm. one that a lot of people, even comic book fans, don't really know about. But she really is such a cool superhero, and she is. You know, and I think that bringing more female superheroes out into our universe, into the MCU, is yeah. such a positive step. Because we have, basically, we have Black Widow, we had Agent Carter, we have Agent 13, who are, and two of those are not really superheroes. They're superheroes to us, maybe, especially Peggy. But the only real female superhero we have, besides, like, Natasha, is, you know, okay. Wanda. Okay.
4: Yeah, what Ryan Pentecost said, yeah, he just said The Darkhold, a book written by the Elder God Kthethon, evil magic spectacular stuff, hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So.
3: Oh, so now we have the name of the book, we need to do some research on that, so if anybody's, anybody that,
2: that sounds like a Doctor Strange thing. It yeah.
3: does, it really does. It also sounds kind of Lovecraftian, but that's right. just my, you know, obsessive love of H. P Lovecraft.
4: Now here's a question. Do you have any idea of who um, they were talking about, the person who like set them up, quote unquote?
2: I would No. I would not be surprised if it's our new director.
4: Or if it's Radcliffe.
3: Or Radcliffe. Radcliffe seems to Radcliffe seems to be the most likely, but I don't think they tie it to him because I think they're trying to make him out turn him into a good guy. Or at least a morally I think he's attempting to be good. Yeah, a morally ambiguous guy who's like who's met kind of like his Padawan in fit and wants to like do this now. I don't think he has time to do all that because I think when this all went well, down, they said it. I mean, somebody else had moved into that ghost house, yeah. So, so it's been a while since they've been the ghost in the box or the ghost yeah, in the show. it, it could be stuff. that
4: like they're a result of some past experiment that Radcliffe did, and then like got um uh, then like abandoned after everything happened and just managed to slip away. That's
3: possible. I was thinking Radcliffe was like traveling the world, doing all these bizarre plastic surgery experiments. So I don't know if he would have had time and we don't know if he's been in LA, but being that he's our evil, mad scientist, he's uh, a former, former evil, mad scientist. He's, you know, he's our most likely suspect, but they kept saying who's, what was the name? They kept saying Joey
2: or Joe,
4: uh, maybe I don't know. I don't remember um, <laughs> Joey,
2: Joey. I think I'm yeah. assuming that that's like somebody's like little brother or son.
3: I'm assuming. Well, I think he was a part of. No, that they were all talking about him when she let all the ghosts out. They said we have to find. And Steve is. I think you're right, Steve. I think it was Joe. We have to find Joe. And so maybe he's the last. He's the missing link. Yeah. Well,
4: we'll have to we take find a look at the picture that uh, got that Robbie. Like, snatched off the wall because I feel like it'd probably be uh, easier to tell if we could see the faces, but it went by too quickly.
2: And it yeah, was, and who wants to bet money that part of the part of the reason that Robbie got his powers is because he, he was either involved in what happened to these like spirit people or he didn't save them, and that's why they're like that, and that's why he was very, very like tasked with taking care of this as much as he can.
3: They sold his soul to the devil after maybe after this happened. Maybe out of yeah. guilt.
4: We'd probably have to. We'll probably have to see the next episode to get more context in this, or even episode four, because it looks like um, yeah, the next you, episode is uh, not very uh, Robbie and Daisy heavy. So we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah. No, we're gonna have a global blackout next week.
2: Yeah, or uh, on October 11th, we don't have a show next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. I. Th- I think. I think it's a thing where, ugh, like this thing is more interconnected than we even thought it was going to be. But it's hard hard to say because one of my problems with this episode was that there was a lot of information in just a short amount of time.
4: Right. Well, I think it's um, the idea of the episode. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has always been very information heavy. Like That's, I think, one of his strengths, honestly, is that it also has that rewatch value of, like, you can go back and see something that you might not have caught before but it still all makes sense
2: yeah but yeah. Still, yeah but still i understand that that's the style of it but also for like 42 minutes or 41 minutes it's still a lot for just any one hour show
3: true yeah sometimes they sometimes they do give a lot of information and you really can't uh you know absorb all of it uh, at one time. So it's like it does it is a show that sometimes requires a rewatch, which yeah other some people don't do. I mean there are people who just watch things once. I don't understand those people. I've watched movies mm-hmm.
2: thousands of times. But Nikki, uh, I think you 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 get this reference. One of the problems with Angel season 4 was this exact problem. They went yeah. through a lot of information that year. A lot of exposition. They did. And,
3: they did. It was it was like we all it was like we had to be taking notes.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
3: I, I worry that this season I now I'm starting to worry that this season might become that and that we're gonna have to like connect the dots ourselves and have to like rewatch it, which I don't mind rewatching this show. I do it before every recording. But it's like the the main general public, the casual viewers, the the people just enjoy the show for what it is. They're going to get hopelessly lost if we go into that kind of situation, and that is something we cannot afford. We cannot afford to lose viewers.
2: Yeah, especially uh, since they tried so hard the first episode to bring in a new audience or bring people back. But to hateful's point, we're still in episode two. Yeah, we're, we're we still, still in episode have... two. It's hard to say, but yeah.
3: <laughs> Hopefully, they you know the Whedons have learned from their the, the you know the very few mistakes they made on their shows in the past. And I think season four of Angel, while it was a good season, I think you're totally right. I It wasn't my favorite season because it was just like there was too much.
2: Yeah. It would have worked they on tried. Hulu. It, it would have like, worked getting, on Amazon. It was
3: like, we're getting canceled. We have to shove everything in. I was like, yeah. no, we're not getting
2: canceled. <laughs>
4: They didn't know they were getting canceled until very late in the season, so... Well,
2: they did get one more year and then get canceled, but, yeah, the problem, and this was even before, like, streaming media, you can do this uh, kind of storytelling in a Defender show, because people just binge, but a weekly show on broadcast TV is not the best place for that kind of storytelling, but, hey, it's still hard to tell.
3: Yeah, Yeah. we're still, this is only our second episode, like you said, and we still have plenty of time, and... Hopefully um you know, there's gonna be episodes that there are gonna be a lot of exposition, but we also got a lot of action and we got a lot of our what what I would call is our A plot, which is Daisy and Robbie.
2: Yes, which is, which by the way, I hated Daisy in this episode. I thought she was yeah, so she was annoying very
4: toward... <laughs> mean, I think, to Robbie. Was,
3: I agree. I was I'm very good. What did you think, Steve?
4: Uh she was she she came off rather harsh to uh everybody yep. she talk to you pretty much
2: well i understand the thing I on agree. the on the on the jet i i love that scene and we'll get to that scene a little bit later but my whole thing is leave him alone. Why? Yeah.
3: If she's po- she's poking
2: the fire breathing bear. Well,
0: and, yeah.
2: and that's the, not good. And if she's doing what she claims, I doubt that he is the only p- person that possibly needs help. If you're trying to be this crusader, isn't there like enough people in Los Angeles alone that may need your help? Yeah. yeah.
3: Exactly. There's there's other things she could be doing, but it's like she she has this mystery. It's like she's that she has to solve because there's a part of her that's missing. I think she's really missing the shield Daisy yeah. and that she really wants to be solving a problem instead of like being Robin hood because she can't um, solve
2: her own life, quite frankly. It basically, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. And that's, I think a reason she joined shield was to help kind of solve her own problems. But I really, I agree. I thought she, she was picking at him and she was being really just like, I want to get it. It's like if you want to get that information out of him, this is not the way to do it.
2: you is not responding. And your, and your information, girl. Couldn't you just look into him a little bit more on the internet? Well,
4: she she did. She did. The thing is, she was like rubbing her face, his face. She was like rubbing it in his face that she knew all this stuff about him. Yeah. So. And, then, and then she brought up his brother,
2: and that, that was
4: smart. Yeah.
2: That
3: was that was a really bad move. I was when she did that. I actually cringed. I was like, oh, you didn't. You didn't because you if you had him on the tenterhook of coming to talk to you, you're like, come here, come here, and you almost had him. You just lost him because you brought up his brother. Yeah, you brought Um, up. um, Oh, I was I was so irritated with her.
4: Can we talk about how someone? A couple of the lines in um, when Robbie was inside the van and like Daisy was in the door, like they sounded like they were Hulk lines. And yes, I, I asked uh, Gabriel Luna and uh, Drew Z Greenberger who wrote the episode, who came up with those lines. They didn't respond, but um, I feel like because uh, I know Hulk is one of Gabriel's favorite characters, so I feel like they uh, that was not uh, unintentional. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, I, well, there I is a lot of there is a lot in common between Bruce Banner and the Ghost Rider, in a yeah. sense. Cause they aren't aren't really in control of their alter egos, and but I love that scene when Daisy's tied to the chair, and the look on Chloe Bennett's face when when like Robbie starts talking about Lincoln, like to- like Chloe Bennett's a really underrated actress in the sense that the look on her face, the way it subtly changes, like like she's punishing herself. For-
4: for what happened to Lincoln, and it's and it's really quite clear. Yeah, and it's actually it, it becomes really obvious like once Robbie kind of calms down a bit that he's actually an enormous sweetheart, yeah, and that he really like wants to help people and he wants to, uh, like, help people solve their problems. But um, Daisy, I think, was just not letting him in <laughs> at all.
3: No, so you know, I th- I think that much you know kind of like Hulk and Bruce. Uh, Robbie and Ghost Rider, you know, they are those two. It is like a split personality. And so where Bruce and Robbie are very kind-hearted, very smart people who just want to do good and who just want to do what's right, they have these alter egos almost, you know, like their other, they're split. And they have, like, we have Hulk and we have Ghost Rider. And Ghost Rider shows no no mercy and neither does Hulk.
2: Yeah. To the point where Robbie's actually looking for things on Daisy to to give him a reason to kill her.
4: Yeah. Well but I think the thing is that I'm not sure if Ghost Rider or if Robbie has like like subconscious control over Ghost Rider because um in the episode obviously he like went to that picture and grabbed it. So I feel like Robbie at least has some measure of yeah. like he can like give the Ghost Rider a purpose, I think of yes. Ghost itself I, is like very I, um, Yeah,
3: I think that the spirit of vengeance is something that he feeds yeah. unlike with the Hulk is yeah. something that okay, this is what I Robbie want to do but I Robbie can't do this. So I need to bring out the Ghost Rider. Yeah, because
2: there is this kind of like moral code with Robbie that obviously yeah. the Ghost Rider does not have.
3: Right. But even Ghost Rider does kind of have a moral code. He only kills people that he feels or deserve it, or who get in his way. Yeah. and, and that, that's when you worry about Daisy. Was because she she might not deserve it, but if she gets in the way of his mission, of his purpose, she's oh, going to be collateral damage. That's
2: one of the things that's always bothered me about Daisy since she was Sky in the first season. She always, even with even with um like I can't remember his like first name. Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike in the pilot, episode. she does the exact same thing to Mike, like, four years later, and you haven't learned a better way to communicate with people. Well, I
3: think it's kind of who she is. She hasn't really changed in a lot of ways. She's, And that's something that I was really glad of, is that they took a character that was fairly a strong, strongly uh, created character, um, and they let her have her strength. And they yeah. let her keep that strength. But you think that she would have matured a little bit more. And I think she did over the second and third, certainly through the first season and the second season. And I think that she just kind of has had a, like, just Regression. once. Yeah, she's just kind of regressed a little.
2: Well, I think it's because, like, she d- she doesn't know, uh, kind of like Matt Murdock, she doesn't know how to handle process grief. And she doesn't know like I mean, she's not the most emotionally stable person like in the world. And I think she, she's
3: her her life has been nothing almost nothing but grief until she joined SHIELD and then she had to deal with her you know, losing her mother well, and he, losing her father.
2: Well, I said this I in think, the spoilers last week. It's kind of ironic that if Daisy never joined SHIELD, she might have been okay. <laughs> if she had never met any of these people her life would be like pretty normal
4: or she'd be for the, in jail except for the rising tide obviously
3: yeah, yeah so she, she might be in jail for hacking or yeah. part or of she the have come
4: into con- she would probably have come into contact with shield at some point anyway it just, it's just a question of when I think yeah
3: but they would have had to arrest her and then that we wouldn't have the whole relationship so yeah, but I was – like I like we said, I was just – I was kind of disappointed in Daisy's behavior uh, and her attitude. But you got to love a girl who drives a a, a van with wall-to-ceiling carpet.
4: Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and we have to admire Chloe Bennett's stunt work in this episode because she actually did all that herself, and that was kind of – And going go oh, got- – Going and go, I've
3: been through that tunnel. I've been through that tunnel many times. I, I have too.
2: And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I think that's the same tunnel that they use at the end of Back to the Future Part Two. When I, I believe to? it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, because well, it's not too far from Universal.
3: Yeah. And uh, which is where they filmed a lot of the back, a lot of the stuff like the clock tower and all that. Basically, Hill Valley is is the back lot of Universal Studios.
2: Go, going back to Daisy for a little bit. <laughs> yes. I like, I like seeing that the progression of her, what, what should we call it? quick injuries is getting worse. Yeah. The, yeah. Is it because,
3: is, it- is it just because she doesn't have the special gauntlets and, or is it something is, is something really going wrong? Is this what would have happened to her
2: regardless of shield? Well, it's
4: hard to say, but I think it's also because of the gloves. That's yeah, it. I think... Yeah, she needs her gloves. I do wonder, um, like, it's not... I'm not sure if they're going to do this, but I do wonder if, like, they might have her end up becoming addicted to the pills. It's possible, but I doubt. I don't know really really know if they want to go in that direction because it feels like it would just yeah. be an unnecessary, like, dramatic thing.
3: Yeah, let's give her a drug addiction because we can. Well, and, uh,
2: well, and, and as just, you guys were saying last week in the spoilers, I think there's just enough emotional strife, like, like emotional drama there that you with Daisy that you don't need to give her an addiction. Yeah, right. she
3: she she has her addiction, and it's what she's doing. Yeah, it's yeah. trouble. Uh, her addiction
4: is trouble. Yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Steve. And you know, I think adding especially adding a, a drug addiction is just like, really? Really? We've jumped the shark in season four. Yeah. We couldn't think of anything else. And I think it's just so, just so cliche but, and the show does not do cliche. And that's something I'm very glad of. But
2: speaking of that, Nikki, just segue for me. Thank you, Nikki. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, um, Melinda May, Melinda May is like psychotic break. And were my ears deceiving me, or was Coulson a little bit more concerned more than just on a friend level?
4: I was saying that. You were saying that.
2: Yeah. And I know, I think, and Nikki and I are in the same boat about that. We don't want to see them, Melinda May and Colson as a couple. I watched
3: Moonlighting as a child, and the worst thing they did was get David and Maddie together. I don't think, I think, one, I just think, that it's too easy for a show to do that. It's too two, easy. Two, it's cliche. And I don't like cliche, no. especially on a show that defies cliche so much as shield does three. <laughs> I think I want to show personally where we don't have to do that, where the, a guy, a, a man and a woman can just be friends and be as close and yep. as compatible as Melinda and Phil are, and not get them together romantically. I think these people have known each other too long. If it was going to happen, it would have already happened.
0: Who says I it think.
3: Didn't? But who says it didn't? That's true. It could have happened, and they've moved on from it. But I think that you have these two characters who embody what a really great friendship slash working relationship is. They have their fights. They have their troubles. They've gone through periods where they don't trust each other, but in the end they still care about each other. They treat each other, not just as friends, but as family. And that is what I love about Colson and May together is that they don't have to make it a romance is that you can show most of my friends are men. And I have never even thought about wanting to hook up with them. Of course, most of them are also gay. (laughs) Um,
2: so it's like, what's the point? Nikki, you have to say that's a little bit of a thank you. Um,
3: but not all of them. And I've never thought, I've always been like, these are my friends. I don't need a romantic relationship with these people, with these guys, because I don't want it. And it's not who we are as, as people. And it would change the dynamic so much between, May, and Coulson, and I
2: don't want that. And what's next? Mac and Daisy get together? No!
4: (laughs) Yeah, no thank you.
2: No no
4: shipping. Mac is for Elena. (laughs) Well,
3: maybe not. What, Steve?
2: They are my friends, and I love them. (laughs) Mac and Elena? That way, I just love them.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's just they there needs to be a show that takes the brave step to say, and because they didn't do it on Castle, they blew that. They could have done it on Castle. They could have done it on multiple shows. Community could have kept Annie and Jeff apart, or Jeff and Britta apart. And you could, and or How I Met Your Mother could have kept Barney and Robin apart. They didn't. They brought them together, and that's when the shows truly suffered.
4: Or and, like, like, I don't know. I don't watch Arrow, but I've heard that's what happened on Arrow too.
3: Yeah, I, it, it you know, when they everybody was cheering for Felicity and Ollie and I love Ollie and I love Felicity. I didn't love them together um, because I I'm firmly of the belief that we need more realistic inter, uh, visions and portrayals of of male female friendship. Yeah, it's right. like Harry, Harry and Hermione and Harry Potter. But
2: but I like but but going back like to Coulson and May, I like how Coulson knows what's going on with May. He doesn't exactly know what's going on, but he knows something's up. Cause May, like, I love how May no one played it at the beginning of the episode. Cause it's not the, this ghosting effect or whatever's happening to her is not affecting her as quickly as the others. Cause May's seen a lot of crazy crap in her life. So that's why yeah. she's not, not been phased by it. But once Carlson knows something's wrong, it's like, let's go to the lab. Get that blood tested.
3: Yeah. And I think they just- ground each other in such a way that they know each other intimately without intimacy. Yeah. And there's yeah. different there's different ways of having intimacy with someone. I You can have that just deep soul connection like I have with some of my friends. Or you could have it with a, you know, a romantic partner. Um, it stupid,
2: move by, stupid move by Coulson, though, for taking her through the training facility. With all the I think he was
3: hoping that there. they would um, that they would kind of help bring her down. But I th- it's almost like what is troubling her is making her stronger. I think she has so much adrenaline going through her at
0: yeah. this
3: point, because you saw how erratic she was in the locker room doing yeah. her redecorating. That I think her adrenaline was just pumping. There was no way anybody was going to take her down except an inhuman. And that's what absolutely had to happen. But you've got to give those guys that she's training props because she trained them really, really well.
4: Yeah, especially Piper.
3: Yeah. And when she hit Colson, though, I was like, bitch, please.
4: Shield,
2: do we have any, like, Maybuster armor?
4: Veronica, can we get
2: like a <laughs> group of, maybe Buster Sue Nixon? <laughs> James, what were you gonna say?
4: If I can offer like one slight sort of defense for Belinda as romantic, um, I just feel like he's not gonna let this go. At, th- at this point, it's like if they get together, nothing really. I don't think would change for them because they're not. They already know so much about each other that it's just yeah. like one more thing that they would have with each other, and I don't think like. Even if they were to get together and not, like, last, I think they still understand that, okay, it wasn't meant to be, but we still had that time. And I think, um, and especially, I know this, too, that at least Ming-Na, for for a fact, like, wants it to happen. (laughs) But then again, Ming-Na wants every relationship on the show to happen, so. She's she's all
3: for, she's, well, it's like Chloe is all for skimmins. Yeah, which is, which is Sky and, and Gemma, right. and Mingna. Every time they hook her up with somebody, except for Brett Dalton, uh, <laughs> except for Ward, she was like, "Yeah, let's do this." And like Andrew and Mac, she and Trip, you know, she was she's like and the also, biggest
2: shipper on the show.
4: <laughs> I love Mingna so much. She's or- such a well,
2: oh, fun. And, to, and to your point, Nikki, like, this isn't the first time May has actually tried a, a office romance, first with Dr. Carter, then with Ward, to, to do it with the... to be in a relationship with the person she trusts most and it not working out. I don't think she could emotionally handle that. But apparently she's not emotionally handling much right now because she's going cray-cray. The,
4: the only thing I really have to say, though, is that, like, I feel like the fact that Colson and May are separated, or at least that Colson is separated from her, like that's gonna um, like Colson. I don't think is gonna take that lying down. I think he's definitely gonna like try to figure out as much as possible, like where she is and what she, what's what's right. happening with her.
2: I hope he fights right. for I more think- than he. He did that for that director's spot. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, that
3: I think that the best person she could have in her corner is Colson, because he will because it's May. And because they are probably as close as two people could be without physical intimacy, without being like a couple, uh, that she's she like she trusts him more than anybody else. I think she, if there's a part of her that's still cognizant in there, then she knows that Coulson will be the one to figure it out, and Coulson will stop at nothing.
0: Right, that's why because
3: it's his May. You know, they're a couple in some ways. But they're like, it's like a couple of friends.
2: I love the reveal at the end of the episode where we see that the people that were on this tour group won't, weren't just there for a tour. Or maybe they yeah. were and then they just got um, asked to go put me somewhere where she's not gonna hurt anybody. But great acting work by Ming no, when Wen doing the crazy thing, which by the way, must be a pain in the butt to do. Me acting myself. To do that, like, maybe six or seven times is the biggest... That and screaming is the biggest pain-in-the-ass thing to do. Yeah,
3: yeah, I could speak having been trained at, in as an actress uh, for many years. Playing crazy is hard. Playing yeah. evil is fun. <laughs> um, playing hysterical. Yeah. Playing hysterical is, bit, is not easy. But it and can be fun. Scre- screaming is a pain in the neck because you go really raw, your throat gets really raw right really quick because yeah. you have so many takes. And, and I, I think Ming Na just did a great job. And
2: especially Ming Na is also like she, she doesn't have her body for either. Remember, she's like locked down on that bed. So to play crazy and having I mean, to stay in that one spot must not be an easy thing. It is not. You, I can we can assure you.
4: The worst thing for Brett Dalton on the show ever was the honey thing. And it's just all all about that uh, goop and like staying in one place for a while as they do multiple takes of that. Like he hated that. He still hates it to this day.
3: Yeah, you do not want to be covered in goo on a set because for every take they have to reapply. We're not just talking like just a little bit. For every take, they pretty much fully reapply. It's like working with water. Like if you're in a swimming scene or a water scene in a, a TV show or a film or a rain scene, um, you have to be completely soaked the whole time. They have to keep pouring buckets of water on you. God. And it's not and people, actors get sick. I had to do a, a wet scene when I was an extra and I did. I was like, I'm never doing one of these again because <laughs> you are constantly wet. And I was like yeah, we're on a beach. We're like, yeah, hey, where's we're the water? It's like, no, you're constantly wet and there's sand everywhere.
2: I think the most recent yeah. version of this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther because apparently yeah. that black suit doesn't breathe and it's yeah. very claustrophobic and they were shooting Civil War in May in Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta Georgia, with humid hot conditions. Like they literally had to get him out of that helmet as soon as possible, or he could possibly die
4: of heat stroke. Well, I mean, it was also, like they had to pump water through through his and Paul Bettany suits because they were so heavy and right. Hot. <laughs> well,
3: it's like how they did the dwarves in uh, the Hobbit films is they had these special packet, these special like what race car drivers wear under all of their body because yes. they had to wear body suits that made them fatter, yeah. so they would look dwarf like and make them look shorter and squatter, they could have just asked me. But I'm more of a hobbit. <laughs> uh, I'm a hobbit. I'm actually a, a hobbit. Six, yes.
1: Run cold water down their back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And they have pumps that they can control when they're offset
0: yep.
3: that keep the water going. If you watch the back, all the behind-the-scenes stuff on the Hobbit DVDs, so interesting, so fun. Fa- I love it. And yes. I, they need. that's what they had to do with Chris Hemsworth in the first Thor film. With his suit and with Tom. Because their suits were also bulky and skin tight, but they were also really,
2: really heavy. Tom Holland, by the way, she's referring to my yeah, no, Tom Hiddleston. No. Oh Tom Hiddleston.
3: Oh yeah. Tom Tom Holland has not quite made my list of Toms, so I don't refer to him as <laughs> just as <laughs> to Tom. There's Tom. a lot it's, there's just,
2: a, it's just Hiddles. There's
3: just,
2: <laughs> just there's there's tons of Chris's and now we're getting Toms. Not the shoes, <laughs> actual Toms. Yeah. Um well if I may bring it down for a moment, reunite and it feels feels so so awkward.
3: awkward. Yes, it was a very awkward reunion between Daisy and Mac and Fitz. So they did save her and um, Um,
4: Robbie saved Fitz's sanity.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And they did, you know, Robbie did save Mac.
4: Yes, I do love how, um, actually no, Daisy saved Mac.
3: (laughs) Was it Daisy? I thought it was Robbie.
4: No, Daisy was oh, open the one who opened the door.
3: Oh, that's right, with her with her tremor powers. That's right, that's
4: right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I will say, like, I love how much Gabriel Luna is like, um, saying how much he fits as his bro on uh, Twitter because he's, <laughs> God, look out for my homie Fitz. <laughs> he just keeps saying that to people, <laughs> and it's just I love how much Gabriel Luna is like fully embr- embraced embrace this uh, live tweeting culture like. He's just awesome. Speaking, just of, awesome.
2: speaking of speaking of speaking Fitz, I really like seeing Mac and Fitz back together again. Cause they what was a, the
4: what the hell is his nickname? What the hell is Mac's name for Fitz again? Turbo. Oh, uh, what? Turbo.
2: Uh, Turbo. Yes. Turbo.
4: Mac, Turbo. And yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love seeing oh. them, them two together because it's really kind of like heartbreaking for Mac because yet again. He has another partner that's pretty much walked down on him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. like, uh, like, uh, like, Bobby really didn't have a choice. But I love that scene on the bus when, like, like Mac is like fixing her wounds because it reminds me of that scene in Age of Ultron where like all the Avengers are arguing after Ultron is born and after Secretary ross left in civil war with the accords i just love it when these characters are just talking about this situation and having valid arguments mm-hmm. yeah and
4: also i just feel like mac has been so um mac's one of those characters who's like his pain kind of goes un unnoticed or unrecognized for a lot of it because yeah. like if you really think about it he's had so many people kind of um, either leave him or betray him in some way. That even he, his um, brother
2: for a little bit. Yeah, his little
4: brother. Yeah. So he's um, like you could see it on Henry Simmons' face. Like he was, re- you could really see how much Mac was feeling in that. He played scene that
2: so well. He played that.
3: This... Especially with well, Yo Yo as well.
4: Like with Elena as well. Like he yeah. felt really. I think he felt like felt really hurt by Elena in that moment.
3: Yeah, so. and he's so stoic, and he's such like the the strong man like i think that a lot of guys feel that they need to be that i think when i saw his like his heart actually looked like it was breaking yeah. when he found out yo-yo had taken I was like Yo-Yo, in, you know, she knew and i think that it was like i finally got to a place where she trusts me and because he's worked on that and she was the one who was holding back before and then he was and then they finally kind of have gotten it together and she's just one more person to add to the list of people who disappointed him and he feels a, I think he feels a little used. Yeah. It's, it's like is she can... is she really talking to me is she really skyping with me and she really like flirting with me for me or is it just to get something she wants and I think he's probably really quite sick of people who only want him for what he can do for them.
2: And truthfully, I don't think Daisy asked Yo-Yo to get the medicine. I think Yo-Yo did that on her own. Oh, I she th- did. I think, I, 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 it's still a horrible thing, but I don't think Daisy actually wanted Yo-Yo in her life at all. She preferred like, yeah. it, to just be on her own. And I think Fitz, like, Leo hit it right on the head when she said, she's turned her back on us. She doesn't want us in her life anymore. Yeah. So we well, should never
4: like, be. Like, people, people got really kind of pissed at Fitz um, for saying that, but... It's the truth. And even if it was really brutally honest and brutal in a lot of ways, like it's still kind of the truth. In yeah. A lot of, and
2: look at Daisy when she says that; she's not saying anything to the contrary. Like she.
4: Yeah, but yeah. she's also like hanging her head. So, like, she's, it's hard. It's obviously emotionally hard for her to face that truth. But yeah, like it's just a. Everyone's so frustrated right now at this point. You can see it in all their faces. They're just like all so. Uh, there's so much tension in their. Whole, in all of them that they just like feel this um uh i don't know how to describe it just an animosity i guess this passive aggressive animosity like we said so
2: i think truthfully though if this all could have been settled at the beginning or at the end of the season wherever that a scene fell where Colson and Mac were searching for Daisy. Daisy just like should have told them get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you guys anymore. But she's not even but that's the thing with Daisy. She's so emotionally sensitive that she can't even like let herself say that to them because she really doesn't I, want to.
3: I think she's just incapable of communicating that without like kind of feeling like she might cave into Colson. Yeah. So her her thing was I have to run away. Yeah. And I think with Fitz, most of the time Fitz is our, our is us. Yeah. He is. He grounds, us, he grounds the team in a sense that he says what we're thinking. In a lot of times, sometimes it's Colson, sometimes it's Mac, but I think Fitz is the most real character we have because he says the things that need to be said, even though we don't want to hear them. Yeah. And that's, we all need that person in our lives. And he says she abandoned. Yeah. She left us. She turned her back on us. Because, it's true. He, but he didn't look mad. He didn't say it in an angry way. He said it. This is just is just how it is. This is who she is. This is how it is. He, is the one who, who is going to tell us that he's going to tell the truth. And he's the most grounded, down to earth character we have on that show. He is the most human person we have on the show.
2: Because he's the. Because he. I mean, he was the first one to really get his heart broken when we found out Ward was Hydra. He was the one that right. w- was really the first real physically wounded that stayed physically wounded in the series, like, yeah. ever, mm-hmm. when, he, when he almost drowned to death.
4: And I think he also, um, uh, like, he was, if, I, if you remember, he was the only person who, like, kind of had the door, like, left his foot in the door for um, a redemption arc for Grant, like, right after yeah. the... He turned, but, um, and I really think if they had explored that, it might have been, the show might have turned out completely differently, but I, yeah, I just, like, feel so bad for, um, uh, Fitz. Like, he, he, everyone, like, everyone on that plane has had people who have, um, like, betrayed them, have betrayed them or they've lost, and it's, uh, just a really, it's a plane of tension in a lot of ways. And I, and
2: I, and I think, and I think, this can also be said in Captain America Civil War at the end of that epic fight that we see. No one's happy, no one's cheering, no one's like feeling good. Even Steve Rogers who technically won the fight. And I love the look on everybody's face and, and on the bus at the end of the episode. Like everybody knows we're in a crappy situation and no one knows how to get out of it.
3: Right. They're in. We're, in, we're covering new territory here and I think the only one who's who's going to stay relatively sane throughout all of this is, is Fitz. No, it's Fitz. As much as you know me, I started a whole freaking Colson fan army, but I think Fitz is going to be the one. He's the one Gemma turns to when she's all crazy because of cool. her new responsibilities. and But he's still got something going on the side with, with yeah. Radcliffe, which we didn't the... get to explore this
4: week. Oh, yeah. Cool. Actually, the only thing I think really is Fitz might actually like, like everyone's going to be dumping their emotional weight on Fitz. So, and you can only take so much of that. So,
3: right. But luckily, luckily really only Simmons realizes that he's like her safety place. He is her happy place. And I don't think she would ever abuse that because she knows how fragile that their relationship could be. They work. They. They. I mean, look what they had to do to finally be together. Well,
2: I don't She's know about that sense. because pressure can make you forget even like the most knowing things. In, right. But j- so far, j- so good. So far, the, we're but,
3: we're six months in, and everybody's yeah.
2: under pressure from something. That's the. That's
4: the. down.
2: Oh, I, I was gonna go there, but everybody's awesome. under pressure for something, and it's kind of looking like. I'm sorry to go back to Joss but this is a, a Joss Bean show. It kind of reminds me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six, where everybody's just really in their own worlds and yes. really like you know being like beaten down, not by a villain per se, just by life.
3: Yeah, it's like we've been through we've been through so much, and this is the season where we're just gonna be like, Ugh! And we, felt, hopefully, and we hopefully, hopefully we can wait till season six of Agents of Shield before we get there.
4: Yeah, yeah. We're we gonna say something, Steve? Though I think.
3: Yeah, Steve. No, I was disagreeing. Okay, well, speak yeah. up.
4: Yeah. All right. Am. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we sorry we kind of talk a lot over each other. So.
3: That's fine. We we It's like we're just a bunch of friends talking about something we love, and we get heated sometimes. So, closing thoughts about this episode, gentlemen. Everybody, one by one. Steve, why don't you go first?
2: Uh, great episode. I I was a little weirded out by why she was being so
4: mean to everybody. But it was still a great episode.
3: Yeah, excellent. And Mr. Hayful?
4: Thank you for getting my name right. <laughs> hey, um, I come
3: from a school where nobody got my name right, so I get it.
4: Okay, well, I just like. It was a great episode. I think it's a good um bridge episode. I just really want to know like where this is going to lead with episode um 3. And actually I I wonder if um the blackout that they mentioned in later episodes is actually going to have some tie into Loop Cage, but I think we'll talk about that in spoilers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Woo S Kim?
2: Yes. I, I thought this episode was alright, there was a lot of things really good about it, a lot of things that were really not so good, but that, again, the scene between Mac, Fitz, and Daisy on the on the plane, that was one of the best scenes in this in this series so far, just in terms of, like, the truth, I loved everybody's truth in that, kind of, like, again, like that scene in Captain America Civil War, where, where they're all talking about signing the Accords and not signing, no one's really wrong. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I think that's a really great analogy. I think that's a really great uh, way to tie it in. Uh, I love the episode. I, I find it hard to not love the episodes, be, especially yeah. where Coulson is so heavily featured. I'm I'm not sure about the new director. I I'm yeah. kind of weirded out by him not being an Inhuman. Make he, actually him being an Inhuman makes me like him more. Um, yeah. It's kind of like just, when I find when I find out somebody's gay. I was like, oh, I like you.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: because I love all my friends. Hashtag,
4: and, hashtag bring Joey back.
3: Hashtag bring Joey back. Yes. Um, and, not just, and, and not
2: just to kill him either, because that happens yes, on please. TV shows. No,
3: do not kill Joey. Um, and I, we didn't really get to talk about it, but I actually really loved tour guide Colson. I thought it was <laughs> like a really humiliating thing for the director to do. Uh, but I think Colson actually got a little kick out of being able to share his knowledge of oh, the right. SSR and S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: um, he probably knows more about S.H.I.E.L.D. than anybody. It's a, he it's he the does, so which,
3: is, <laughs> which yeah. at first, I, when the director said that, I was like, oh, you're just patronizing. Because I was on this kick with the word patronizing all episode. Oh. Um, but in the end... Really, if you're going to have someone give a tour of that base, you you want it to be someone who has an extensive knowledge of the history of of your organization. And I, I got to see a little bit of the Colson that we saw in the in the films, especially yeah. like in Iron Man and Iron Man 2, where he's the guy who just is there to do his job. And the guy we felt I, that I personally, you know, just attached myself to from the moment I was sitting in that theater watching Iron Man I was like, I love him.
2: Or the um, or the guy that we saw interacting with Captain Rogers in the first Avengers film, with exactly. his little fanboy moments.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> well, so yeah, I I I thought it was a really good episode. It has strong and like I agree with the scene on the plane was one of, was the strongest scene, um, and it just leaves us with more questions. And now we have two weeks to wait until we get those questions. Some of those questions maybe answered. Right.
2: Hey, but at well, least we get Luke Cage to tide us over till then.
4: This is very true. One, one thing I do want to say, actually, though, I think um, uh, um, the whole thing with Coulson being the tour guide and the director, I think the director, like, if this was from his perspective, I feel like he would be completely in the right. Like, he's really done nothing terribly wrong so far. It's just Not that, yet. Not that we know. He's just, that. A, yeah, yeah. He's, just a, he's just very corporate, and, he's, and Shield so far has been felt, has felt very like intimate and democratic. And I think the director is just kind of taking. Uh, a lot of the director's power that he has and actually like applying it and it's not something that we're used to around here so i think right. it's, it's like any, it's like any new um anytime like a company will install a new uh boss or whatever like they always they automatically come in and everything feels different and it's just and that's what we're feeling right now i think
2: well i think you one know. of the reasons why like alexander pierce not only being hydra of course they like kept S.H.I.E.L.D. the way it was, was to keep all those bureaucrats outside of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's why Fury, Fury was so secretive about like letting people know about S.H.I.E.L.D. because he wanted it to be secret so they can pretty much do anything they wanted. And you can't do that well, anymore, first of all. They had
3: their own purview and that's kind of how you want an organization like that to run. Now it's more underneath you know, the control of the government it's got more oversight and you're going to have those managers who come in and they've read who moved my cheese or the low hanging fruit books or all those business life books that pe- that businessmen put out about, Oh yeah, let's, uh, we're going to do this. And then we have this whole chart. You're going to be at this kind of person. You're this kind of person. Now let's, you know, I've worked for a major co- I worked for borders books for 10 years and we had, when a new manager would come in, they would always want to get out the who moved my cheese book and like restructure the way we all interacted with management and it never the way worked. They wanted you to the way they than- And it's like, you're buying the, you're buying, you're drinking the Kool-Aid of these businessmen who think you could do this, have this model in this situation. I did not, when I, when I you know, we got the new director, I did not expect a guy who would put those uh, those affirmation posters on the wall, like with the soccer ball that says, ambition, you know, <laughs> you always make a hundred, you always miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that in the nineties, that was huge. Every business I saw, like you go into would have these, one word these posters of somebody climbing a mountain and it would be like perseverance and then a quote about perseverance at the bottom and it's like really
0: yeah
3: and i that's kind of what he was talking in to me it was like all these catchphrases i think we need to come up with some new catchphrases for the new boss
0: yeah that
3: relate (laughs) more to actually what shield is and not just look, I read a book about business management, about managing your your employees, and this is what it said. I, You know, I think he needs, you know, a little I help. Think,
4: I think the thing is, though, like, I'm I, i I'm willing to, like, have an open mind with the director. I hope he, like, turns out to be a decent guy and actually, yeah. like, will learn to go with the reins and maybe, like, actually be a decent director in time. But I, at this point, I just, like, you I just feel like know. he's out of his league. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah.
3: I think we're all going to be a little wary of him because he's not Colson,
4: and because he took me away. Yeah, yeah, we had no idea where he took me.
2: Well, and to to that actor's credit, and I mean this as a complete compliment, he's very easy to dislike. (laughs) That
4: that uh, takes, yeah. Yeah, he has one. He has a. A face that like, like re- that like evokes Martin Shkreli a little bit too much. You no, know, he,
2: he lo- You know what he looks like when you <laughs> No, you know what he Mark. looks like when you walk into. To raise Am- the prices. When you he looks like the the guy on the poster on the Abercrombie and Fitch bottle when you walk into Abercrombie and Fitch at the mall. Except he's too <laughs> he's too muscular. He's not skater boy enough. Well, no. A- well, Abercrombie and Fitch is like more like just like manly things in general. But he look he looks like that. He look. He looks too plasticky.
4: He, he doesn't look like he's real. Yeah, he's too but looks. Plastic. Yeah,
3: he. That's why another reason oh, I thought was oh, my favorite. I, robot.
4: Seen, I saw comparisons of him on Twitter to a Ken doll. That's one. That's what he looks. He looks like a Ken doll. Yeah, he's
3: he
2: yeah. not Michael Keaton.
4: He is not. He is not Michael Keaton. Take that back. Well, oh. Michael Keaton will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe though. So
2: that's
4: Birdman that's, 4, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bat. Yeah, okay, I guess Bird. bird. He's
2: both vulture is the vulture
3: flying
4: flying animal man
2: (laughs) so technically that is birdman 4 meta on top of meta on top of meta
3: (laughs) so we're gonna wrap up our discussion here and we have some tweets and an email from our friend morgan so james why don't you take it away all
4: right (laughs) um from aaron at rain beast across the airways, meet the new boss was another fantastic episode of agents or shield is there any other kind if there were I wouldn't want have to write about so, dark, so write so darn much about it. <laughs> yeah, we feel I feel you, Aaron. Um uh actually I got to pay attention this time. Last week I was get, trying to keep up with tweets. Guess I had to relearn that lesson. Because yeah. I definitely missed some things and I have to rewatch the ghost again. Of course I have to watch all the episodes of Angel's Yule again, so et cetera, et cetera. Um I was gonna say some, something else, I'll think of it later for now. Um Jason O'Mara, he's a fantastic actor. I'm so excited. I mean he was, yeah um he has some memorable scenes and then compilation complications Complic- which got canceled way too quickly but now we get in trades to shield so i think i'll get over it um hey dad in the world filled with crazy powers maybe don't start to guard your kid's ghost <laughs> i mean like I was, I, I was like thinking that dad was gonna like trust the kid a little bit more honestly and i yeah. think actually when he saw the picture was broken i felt i felt like there was a moment there where he was like okay maybe there is something going on here
3: yeah <laughs> but it took a it took a ghost invading him to to see the light
4: (laughs) um yeah but um going on people always find things out the hard way if i ever have a kid i'm gonna believe every monster in the closet or demon under the bed i'm not being another statistic go Aaron. um simple empty box that drove six people insane i love when simmons is all sarcastic fits too (laughs) (laughs) um i can never have the scenes of them together their banter is just so much fun true Suspect it reported. The new see-something-say-something, something, but cooler sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. You look so different from the last time I saw you. Yeah, this is far better. Hard, hard to keep a good hat the, the other way. <laughs> um, from the Okay, that's never mind. Move. May. He not appear to be moving, Colson. Big guy must not be familiar with May's butt-kicking qualities. <laughs>
3: that was our laugh of the episode.
4: Oh, yes. I mean, Coulson always gets the laugh, that's for sure. Um, already distrusting Jason O'Mara's director. Says, him, says he's impressed by Coulson. Can't wait to see where this leads. <laughs> mm. Using Simmons and Coulson for tours of the base made me laugh and cringe like I was watching The Office. There we go.
3: There were several Office-related tweets Yep. last
4: night. In, I mean, Jason O'Mara's like Jeff Jeffrey, whatever his last name is, it, although a lot of people have said it's Mace based on a character in the comic books, we'll see, but... Um, Like, whoever whoever his character is, he feels incredibly corporate. Yes. He's he's Dwight. He's Dwight. He's
2: Dwight that got promoted.
4: The office? Yes. Um, All right. So ghosts can use computers. Don't need to pay for shelter or food and will work for cheap. Guess I'll be out of a job soon. (laughs) Uh, Bad move, Daisy. Never mention the brother. How have you survived all this time on your own? (laughs) (laughs) Amen.
2: Amen. 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 Talk about Steve's not being point. afraid
4: to die, deserving to die, and Daisy maybe getting her wishes. Not so what I like. So not what I like to hear. Eh. Well, I mean, I think Robbie said that just because like he's trying to make like make Daisy see her own situation from an outside perspective. Yeah, I agree. Or he really does want her to or, better.
2: Or, or Robbie saying to her, "Who are you to tell me how to live my life? When uh, how, look at how you uh, how you're living yours."
4: Yeah. So. Um, well, he has it worst. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that poor guy can't talk. At least he can Hulk out. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder where those other ghosts went. And like, ha- and that. Oh, can we talk about how Robbie can apparently vanquish ghosts?
2: Yeah. That's
4: cool. yeah. <laughs> that is very cool, I have to say. Yeah, that was awesome.
2: it was very cool. And it, and I think it's gonna be an important plot point later that he's the only one that can take care
4: of them. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, I thought they'd I, have to bring the Winchesters in with the rock salt.
2: <laughs> the, the yeah. show that oh what's that show oh you mean the one that should have ended in season
4: 5 yep <laughs> um, James P- Piper who's Piper a New Girl got in line so a New Girl probably gonna get killed no please no no oh. Piper too much no <laughs> um, you're an engineer Mac in a small tank is that what Fitz said because that was hilarious that it was
3: true. and it was awesome
4: <laughs> all right I'm sorry you just said that. You just said that like ten seconds ago. Probably been a master of Line delivery. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She can. She's. She can go. She can definitely go toe to toe with Clark in terms of giving a good one liner. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm still waiting for her to meet Tony Stark. I think that would be. A, <laughs> I think that would be an interesting tip for tat. So yes.
4: What <laughs> I didn't get to include in that tweet is that everyone on Agents of Shield is amazing at delivering their lines like real people with a sense of humor. That, makes it, that made me sound like those stupidly word commercials, real people, not actors, but what I mean is that all of them have perfect timing and just say it like they're thinking it up on the spot. You couldn't dream of a better cast. True, 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 true. True. All
2: right.
4: Oh, I can please dream say, up yep. a better one,
2: but I don't think I can afford
4: any of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, please say May will be okay. It's not okay if May is not okay, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Simmons, there was a blood incident, blood everywhere. Not a great time. Napping the hard way. (laughs) Enthusiastically raise his hand. I would love to step inside a real-life cringe-out with director Sexy. I mean, Jason O'Mara. (laughs) I hope he doesn't block me for that one. It had to be said.
2: (laughs) Did it, though. Did it, though. Did It really (laughs) have to
4: be said. Good thing Turbo ducks when he sees a gun pointed at him. Great reflexes. Yeah,
2: uh, thank you. Thank you very much for mentioning that. I'm glad that Leo is one of the only characters when he sees a gun he wants to run the other way. Because that's what most people would do.
4: (laughs) Something got in. So you thought you would decorate? Clark Gregg did that recognition and heard so subtly and beautifully. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um... The recognition of May being infected—if it wasn't clear enough—they've all been through so. They've been together through, so long through it all. She can't go on out like that. I don't think she ever will, but you never know. The shield always finds a way to surprise me and break me. Yep, yep, yep. It's so creepy with the eyes. Just leave Colson out of any more life-threatening situations. Eh, I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it was May's problem, but still, at least a few times in the season, I've had to gasp in horror, thinking Colson's about to die. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't Agent
4: know May. if I have it in me again. Digon <laughs> May, I urge you to stop now. Ooh, fantastic twist there. Jason Morrow will be quite the interesting character. Very true. Um, we've all been through terrible things, all of us, and we never turned our backs. Another brilliant moment for another moment for Ian to be brilliant. Yep. Um, Mac and Fisk confronting Daisy for not coming home was a powerful moment. Both guys angry and fighting back tears, crying emoji. Um, Every episode brings me a scene or fifteen that I just adore. This is definitely one of those. True. That's classified. Screw that. Colson was the director, and the best there was. He should always have highest level access. Is, that's actually a um reminds me of a plot of a movie I saw very recently called Ron, the Akira, the Akira Kurosawa classic. Oh, love it. About the um king who thought, who still wants to have power even after like he officially abdicates the throne.
3: Yeah. So that's very that's that's actually a brilliant uh, Tie-in.
4: Yeah, so it's just that that it's a it was, all, it was all in turn based on King Lear, so it's that yeah. very, that kind of um, struggle that is kind of universal. So, um, in summary of the ne- of the preview of next week, this looks fun. Global blackout may endanger in time in two weeks. Well, I guess I get the chance to put the first two episodes of this season up on my site then. I didn't did much better paying attention this week than the first week. All. It all has to do with how much tweeting I do, which is almost not enough if I actually want to see the episode. But I can easily take a quick type of little notes and then tweet later. Now that we're at 10 p.m., though, I was hoping I didn't have to do it that way. It's now 1:34. Eyes heavy. Anyway, I'm finally done. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs paralyze. I think I feel like I've made the past made a Simpsons reference in the past. Oh well. I'm too tired to care. See you lovelies next week. I mean, in two weeks. Grumble. <laughs> all right. From, Thank you, Aaron. Yep. Yeah, from Morgan. Hey, guys, I missed you all. Can you believe we're already two episodes into the new season of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It feels like we're saying, just saying goodbye for the summer. I got a little busy next week and di- last week and didn't get a chance to send an email, but I love the premiere episode. I think it's the strongest premiere they've had yet. Yep. But this week, man, holy crap, that was a really wild episode. The ghosts are seriously freaking me out. I almost agree that they're freaking me out. Okay, maybe not quite that much, but seriously, they're so scary. Practically corporeal, trapping, pe- trapping people in nuclear reactors. The Dark Force aspect of it is super interesting. Of- oh! yeah this is she brings up a point that i thought too like is could this also be like a thread that's continuing off of agent carter season two so yeah because she just about mentioned that any, any thoughts on you guys real quick
3: it's anything is possible it's all connected yeah. well
2: well i mean they really didn't wrap up the thing with the with the doctor in the season second season of agent carter maybe that lab because remember agent carter did take an place in los angeles in season two Maybe that new lab is where that old lab that we saw in Agent
4: Carter. Maybe. Yeah,
2: so.
4: it could be the same lab. So. Yep. So continuing with the um, email, maybe these ghosts are Ghost or some kind of side effect. Maybe they were all some kind of grandiose experiment gone wrong. I hope we get some answers soon. New just kind of making me want to rage a little bit. The Inhuman plot twist was all expected, but holy crap, my mind was blown a little bit. But hitting May's head against the wall was not cool. Whoever's big offense so, far was keeping, biggest offense so far was keeping Simmons out of the field because he needed her for a freaking guided tour. So there's, she's so much better than that, and her skills are needed elsewhere. Jeffrey, <laughs> Fitz and Mac continue to have a great bromance, and my favorite line this week came when he said, "You're an engineer, Mac, in a small tank." <laughs> no. Okay, and then there's Quake versus Ghost Rider round two. Round two, so cool. Not to mention Chloe stunt jumping onto a moving Hell Charger. Yeah. I'm very excited to see where that dynamic goes. She was so sassy and smug, I loved it. Definitely an evolution of character traits she already had. It's really fun to see her basically shed all reservations that go in a much darker direction. Overall, fantastic first two episodes. Cannot wait for the next one. You know, it's going to be great. Until two weeks, sad face Morgan.
2: Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan, as always. Not Captain, by the way. Not Captain. No. Oh, no. I just need to make that clear.
3: Morgan yeah. is awesome. She She writes us pretty amazing emails. She's kind of... And for those of you who don't know, that's kind of how I started with, with the podcast. Was I think I was that's, a, I think that's how we all start with
2: podcasts. I was, like,
3: asked, I was like, asked to provide like, emails of my thoughts to what was a different podcast that became Marvelverse. Yeah. And uh, then I got invited to, to be a guest. And then Dan asked me to be permanent. So... Uh, okay so if you'd like to share your thoughts on agents of shield or anything marvel remember to tweet us at across across airwaves after each episode know that it's just across airwaves otherwise we would have gone over on the letter count yes. after each episode or email us at across the airwaves dot at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 773-809-3363 and what are we doing on our next episode james
4: We'll be discussing Episode 3 of Season 4, as well as listener and viewer feedback and our own thoughts, of course.
3: Of course. And now let's roll for that pre-recorded closing.
1: Get at our Across the Airwaves podcast network website, acrosstheairwaves.com, Again, that's acrosstheairwaves.com, you can check out all of our podcast shows, available as their own, individual programs, in the iTunes store, in Google Play Store. Guys, for the podcast shows on our network, we have the DC Nation podcast, located at dcnation.acrostheairwaves.com, Again, that's dcnation.acrostheairwaves.com, which reviews popular DC Comics related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse podcast, located at Marvelverse podcast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's podcast.acrossairways.com which reviews Marvel comics related TV shows and movies. Again, we also have Thronescast our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones which is available at the website thronescast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's thronescast.acrosstheairways.com In addition to these programs you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast which is accessible at acrosstheairways.com which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes. Core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory, Got the Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, got the Marvelverse podcast, Got the Mixed Radio Station, Code by Jack Stifles, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the Podcast Box app. got if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace. got the Windows Marketplace, God's a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. because for how you you can contact us to give your own listener feedback. Got a TV show's we review. Provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast as an experience. Or just want to say, Do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairwaves@gmail.com. gmail.com. get this across the Comment on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Got across the There's no thought in there. It's just across their waves. Join our circle, guy Google Plus, or leave us a voicemail by calling 773 809 3363 Could get at 773 809 3363 Call so when sending us an email. Please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Give the subject line, Give you are sending us listener feedback you want us to read, God the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies and television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Con. And it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special.
3: So, if you're not joining us for spoilers, and once again for our ATA podcast hosts, Nico Reifstack, Michael J. Petty, and Joshua Mercrae,
2: I'm Nikki Amy. I'm Uh, Louis Kim. Kim. (laughs) I'm I'm Louis Kim. I'm Steve Steve
3: Castro. And until our next episode, we'll catch you all in the Marvelverse. We miss you, Dan.
2: Excelsior.
1: Your attention now. Whoever it is, they declared war on the inhumans. You know what happens to people during a
4: blackout? Nothing can stop them. They've lost
1: power. I'm
2: not losing you.
1: My worst nightmare may have just come true. New Marvels, Agents of Sheen, Ghost Rider. Two weeks from tonight, Tuesday, October 11th on ABC.
3: Okay, so. What you just heard was the trailer for episode three of season four of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in
2: two weeks.
3: Stupid debate.
2: Uprising. Yes. Uprising. As Colson, Mack, and Fitz attempt to track down and neutralize a rogue group looking to end in human registration worldwide, Simmons and Dr. Radcliffe. That, Not the one from Harry Potter. Only have hours to save Mary before she succumbs forever to her mysterious illness on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tuesday, October 11th, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the ABC Television Network.
3: Okay, so next week, or two weeks, we have a global blackout.
4: I hope this has something to do with Luke Cage, but we'll see.
2: I doubt it. I, I I I honestly doubt it. Luke 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 Cage seems very self contained at Harlem, New York.
4: I don't know. It's it's a a
2: yeah, some we're
3: gonna get some ghosts. Maybe there'll be a blackout part, but that all depends on if they solve the blackout on this next episode. Yeah. Or plus it's two weeks and not one and Luke Cage starts Friday. So I mean yeah. I hope that they tie things in in some way because we all know it's all connected. But I don't know. It's like we – next week – or two weeks from now looks incredibly
2: tense.
4: Yeah. Did we, Did anyone notice that it's uh, Coulson and Elena that are together in this episode? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like she, he tracked down Yo-Yo for something because either he knows and humans are being targeted. Because this just looks uh, – the person on the screen in the trailer – Last night, looked more like, like a higher grade of the Watchdogs. So I think which is the, probably
4: yeah. is to be honest here because Daisy like has been tracking them. So yeah,
2: and we don't even know what the blackout is gonna be or what it's referring to. I mean, if this was a couple years ago, I think it was Hydra, but obviously it's not.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, thank goodness it's not Hydra. We're we're done with Hydra for now. Uh,
4: about time <clears throat> for now, anyway i do wonder who um yeah it is the, then the question of who has the power or possibility to be able to do this and um maybe this will be our new villain for like our main villain for the season because obviously robbie isn't a villain anymore he wasn't even really to begin with so yeah yeah uh, well, maybe this is the person that the ghosts are going after and then eventually like this person's gonna have like three different set, well yeah, three separate armies going after him. Well,
2: doesn't doesn't this have like kind of the same kind of feel that Captain America: Winter Soldier had for the majority of it, of who's actually screwing who here and who's actually pulling the strings? Yeah, because we yeah. don't find out like what's actually going on until we get into that final third act, which is actually really hard to do in films. Now. I mean, yeah. it isn't, but it isn't seen very much.
3: Yeah, it's true. We, I think, there's still. I think this episode, I think the trailer for, it showed us, a lot, but it also showed us almost nothing.
4: Right. Which is exactly which is what the best trailers should do.
3: Exactly. I don't want to look at a trailer and say, "Well, I've seen the whole thing now. I don't that, need to watch that, the movie or the show."
4: Oh, avoid,
2: Batman, Superman.
4: That's why I'm vo- that's why I'm avoiding the uh, last trailer for Fantastic Beasts because I've heard it reveal something that I didn't necessarily want to know. <laughs> oh.
3: Not re- yeah. Not really. I. I I'm trying not to watch the trailers for Fantastic Beasts because I want to be totally surprised and enchanted. But I think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really smart in the sense that it's giving us a taste without giving us too much, and it's making us go, what's
2: going on? Well, it, well, isn't, well isn't that also said of the Doctor Strange trailer, the IMAX one that was released yesterday? I mean, yeah. it didn't give us much, but it did give us more more visuals. It did, we get, did get to see Matt Mickelson and... Benedict Cumberbatch do a scene together. Love that joke from Matt Mikkelsen, by the way. Yeah, and it, I, I, they did
3: mention the Avengers. So yeah.
4: it does seem like, um, from what I've heard, that Doctor Strange is going to have a fair amount of jokes in it, which is a good, which I think is going to be good. Well, it's well if you if
3: you read it, it's it. If you read it, Doctor Strange actually has a fairly decent sense of humor and the people around him. Yeah. So um, I I fully expect that, especially when you cast someone like Benedict Cumberbatch who who yeah. plays the the fine line between drama and, and, and comedy so well, like even on Sherlock there's just so he's much just very dry. Humor.
4: Very dry. He's, he's
3: he's British. I mean you gotta you gotta love the British sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's
2: kind well of- going back to what Nikki was saying about the the episode trailer that we got for four oh three, I mean I think one of the things that I'm really impressed by and I'm not saying this in a negative way at all, um Captain America's Civil Wars Marketing campaign was one of the best marketing campaigns I've ever seen, just from top to bottom. It was very well, very well constructed. Where, yeah. whereas a lot of the like the wow factor that Nikki was talking about with Fantastic Beasts, it kind of gets taken away if you see a lot of that in the trailers and TV spots.
3: Right, that's why I loved the trailers for Harry Potter films. Even though we all know, that, well, some of us know those books backwards and forwards and sideways and upside down, is that they. Um, the trailers always either were just very short and succinct, or they gave us stuff that wasn't going to tell the story, even mm. though we knew the story. And that's what I think a trailer is best. And I, honestly, there's a movie from the 90s. It was a Robin Williams film called Toys.
2: Not, not and, his best. Not his best. No, but
3: I oh. personally friggin' love that movie because it's so different. But the trailer for Toys. In the, that you saw in the theaters, that you saw on TV, was Robin Williams standing in a field talking about toys, t- saying toys! And saying it was a new film, and it had this, these people in it, and I was just like, that is the most brilliant ad campaign ever!
2: And it sucked.
3: <laughs> oh, I love that movie. That movie had great music.
2: That mo- that movie was very avant-garde, and I'm not even saying that as a. Totally I don't think it.
3: Thing. I don't think th- uh, it was. People were ready for that film. I think people are still not <laughs> whoa, ready for that whoa, film.
0: Whoa,
2: whoa, what's whoa, the hell, oh, oh, wait. Wasn't Ella cool in that movie? That was his first. That was his first movie. Oh my god! Well, oh, see, and that and that's the polarizing thing, isn't it? What, what, what Nikki finds really interesting and cool for the for like the for the main audiences that could be very like disconcerting oh yeah i i things. often
3: love yeah. films and tv shows that everybody's like you do and i'm like well, i do but to make but- point
2: like going back to the mcu for just a little bit yeah. even, though show, even though they showed even though they showed quite a bit from the airport sequence in the trailers of civil war these we still got a lot of stuff that we weren't expecting giant giant man, for
3: example they did they didn't give us the plot which was good yeah Yeah. we knew the plot because we are we are nerds Um, and we some of us have read this had read the civil war storyline in the comics but like with agents of shield's trailers they don't give us so much that we're going we don't even really need to watch it we can actually review it just from the trailer that's Mm. one thing i love about shield's trailers is they they're so smart, and Joss is so smart, and everybody who works for him. Oh, ah, sorry. So sorry. It's okay. Right. So it is mm. time for us to bid you all adieu, and thanks for sticking around for trailer for spoilers and send us your thoughts on what you think ah. happened this week. I'm a mute. Okay. <laughs> see you
2: guys. See you guys in two weeks. Bye
3: bye. See you guys in two, two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.